0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. Thanks for your company on Sunday, June twelfth, Post Tab Stradbroke Day, and of course, thanks to the Archer Park Racing team for their sponsorship of Past the Post. The team were to the fore at the Gold Coast yesterday with maximum output, winning and. Uh, you can check out all of the horses for sale on the website, archerparkracing.com.au. As I said, Nathan Exelby, was Stradbroke Day yesterday. I don't want to start off in a gushing tone, <laughs> and, that, and that's not to refer to the fact that you tipped alligator blood, but Stradbroke Day is billed as uh, as the day, as one of the, the, the best days, if not the best day in Queensland racing. It sets, it sets itself apart, it's set up for that, but... It always delivers, and, and I think with fine weather as well, we had a great day yesterday.
1: Yeah, and I guess you'd had those, the setbacks at Doomburn with the, the poor weather to start the carnival. It was just nice to get this past week through where it, the weather was terrific, and I think it was a nice to see a good sprinkling of locals winning there yesterday as well, yeah. seeing the tone early in the day. I mean, Barry Lockwood, a hugely popular winner of the, the opening race, and um, then we had a straight break There was a lot of discussion about it in terms of the quality of the field. But in the end, we've had a, a Group 1 Australian Guineas winner beat, a Group 1 Epsom winner beat, a Group 1 JJ Atkins winner. So it's yeah. a, 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 outstanding,
0: a good race. outstanding point. <clears throat> Never thought of that. And, and, and again, too, um, so much pre-race discussion. You know, it was a competitive race. It was an even field. It could be a busy finish. Hmm. Oh, that's what I was worrying about. As it turned <laughs> out, it was, it was anything but that. But that no, was a great day uh, yesterday at Eagle Farm, and we're going to dissect the meeting thoroughly over the next hour. So let's make a start and go to the big one, the Group 1 Tab Stradbroke. Uh, wide betting, nearly $7 the field. That's what a break's all about. 11-11 was the favourite. 4.50 left to run. Rothfire straightened in front from Laws of Indices, the outside. Isotope giving her cue. Vallada coming up four wide. N5 wide. Six out, Alligator Blood screaming down the centre of the track. Rothfire is still the leader. Isotope trying her heart out. Alligator Blood might be a danger. Rothfire in front. Alligator Blood on the outside. Raced up in the lead. He raced away. He's going to win the Stradding. Alligator Blood first. Private Eye screamed home for second, Rothfire third, Photo fourth, Startaneser Isotope. Then Brooklyn Hustle, followed by and I am Superman, Laws of Indices, Velada. Then came Emerald Kingdom, Soxagon, Wild Planet, Apache Chase, Bandersnatch, and Buffalo River out towards the tail. Bar one, the favourite has run Stone Motherless last 11 11, but Alligator Blood has taken the straddle break. He took it, and he took it in devastating fashion. Uh, for uh, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Gay Waterhouse, her 150th Group 1 winner, her first Stradbroke special itself. A lot of emotion involving the ownership. We'll talk about that later. But this morning, we're going to focus on the jockey. He handled it immaculately, Tim Clark riding alligator butt. He's our first guest on Past the Post. Tim, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah,
2: good morning. And, yeah, thanks very much for that. It was, um, yeah, a special day. Barrier
0: 17 in a field of 18. It's never an easy task in any race, let alone a, a Group 1 strand break. You came out with purpose. You had a bit of a sniff, but then sneaked him back uh, wide, but with cover. And just watching the replay, I mean, it's, it's it's when you're calling a race, you're looking at 18 horses, but watching the replay, gee, he always travelled well.
2: Yeah, that's right. Obviously, it was, you know, well anticipated that there was there looked to be pretty good pressure in the race, as you'd expect with, as you said, a, a field of 18. And, um, you know, we were under no illusion that there was going to be a high-pressure race. But, you know, we wanted to to come out positive early to to see where we might end up. But that just that first um, sort of furlong going into that first turn, they were just a bit too sharp for me. And uh, just come back and end up getting a, a lovely trail on the back of Ayrton. And that horse just, you know, took me everywhere I need to go. He was wide but working forward, which allowed me to to slowly improve into the race with, without doing too much work. And yeah, you're right. He travelled he travelled he sweetly throughout. It was just a matter of, uh, you know, one, once he did straighten up and and I, I pulled him out, it was just a matter of whether he was going to, you know, extend and sprint off off the bridle. And uh, when I when I did sort of Probably approaching the 300. When I did ask him to to go, he really he really quickened well and and showed a really you know impressive turn of foot to you know really put the race away within a, a matter of you know 50 or 100 metres. Tim, we knew he was a genuine Group One horse as a
1: three year old. He then lost his way a little bit after being injured. You rode him in a couple of barrier trials uh, earlier this year. When you rode him in those, did he give you the? the well not not that you can say the old feel because you went with him but the feel of a horse that had that type of ability
2: well his second trial from memory definitely when he when he trailed at rose hill and he he won by a good margin his first trial he probably probably just needed to hit out but his mm-hmm. second trial he he improved nicely and and definitely you know went went really well and and I guess went something like the the alligator blood of old I, I'd say but you know he as I've said a couple of times, he, he's, you know, we haven't had, you know, I haven't had a lot to do with him, but everything I've done with him, he's he's pretty laid back. He's pretty casual. Uh, you know, he doesn't sort of overdo anything or, you know, even his work on Tuesday morning, it was, it was strong work, but he, he definitely, um, you know, he didn't go out there and, and just work the place down, but that's just sort of him. And, you know, he seems to, be a lot calmer and uh, a lot more laid back now that he's just a bit a bit older and a bit more mature I guess
0: jockeys whether in in big races with big fields uh, often traffic can be be an issue sometimes you're in a spot you don't want to be in you've got to duck and weave thread the needle must be very comforting when when you come around the turn in the Stradbroke handicap and you can see that long straight ahead of you but there's no horse around you had perfectly clear running at must be a good feeling and knowing you're on a horse that you
2: know is travelling like a potential winner. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, Yeah, he, he did travel sweetly and I think it was just a matter of really for me um, you know just not going too soon on him really. It was just a matter of just making sure I got around the bend, got in balance you know, he changed stride got over onto his right leg and, and then you know, Eagle Farms a, a big long straight so it was yeah, just trying to make sure that I, that I held him together and as long as I could and uh yeah, he as I said, he showed a superior turn of foot and it was um it was good to see to see him reproduce that that sort of form and it's good to see him back in in um such good such good um good way at the moment. He's you know, both his runs this time of for gain Adrian have, have been terrific. So He seems as though he's he's definitely back on track.
1: Um, Obviously, the big story yesterday, Gay Waterhouse, 150 Group 1 winners. Uh, Tell us about what she means to your career.
2: Oh, look, you know, from... You know, I I did a little bit of riding for Gay when I first came to Sydney, uh, you know,
3: uh, in
2: my apprenticeship. So I have ridden for Gay for a long, long time. um, I guess, you know, once I came back from Hong Kong... Um, that 's when I started doing a bit more writing for it, but it did take a you know quite a quite a number of years to to sort of you know work my way up the pecking order so to speak She at that stage like I think Nash and Blake and tommy were were still sort of her main writers um, at different stages so uh, but in saying that the last sort of five or six years is you know if, you know it seems as though i 've built a stronger relationship with both gay and adrian and and you know, have continued to um, just get better quality rides and, and more rides constantly. And, you know, I think especially in Sydney, you need the backing of, of a big stable. Um, you know, it's so competitive. And, and without the backing of Kay of and Adrian, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to get the, the opportunities that I do get.
0: Need you to throw a few figures at us in terms of uh, Group 1s. Um, what's your record there?
2: So it wasn't not thirty five like they said mm. yesterday. Unfortunately, it would. It'd be <laughs> nice if it was, but um, I think around twenty. Twenty. Yeah, I five think of them about, have come um, here in Queensland. It's been a happy hunting ground for you uh, up it, here in Queensland. It has, and I think I think I was counting about eight or nine of those are for Gay or Gay and Adrian. So yeah, that you know that uh, you were just touching on before how much of a, a big influence they have had on my career.
0: Alligator blood. As you, you say, by your own admission, you haven't had a lot to do with him. Those two barrier trials, and you've ridden him here twice. He's won a Stradbroke. A Stradbroke fourteen hundred metres is a, is a tough fourteen hundred metres. Uh, they run fast time. They run it hard from start to finish. Alligator Blood, where does he sit in terms of looking towards the future? I'm not saying where they're going with him. Distance wise,
2: what do you think of? Uh, 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 can he be effective further? Yeah, well, no doubt. Obviously. He's- He's had that um, group one win over a mile in Melbourne. So I think that the mile's definitely no problem. And, you know, who's to say that now that he's, you know, a bit older and a bit more relaxed and, you know, the way he's, he's relaxing in his races so far, I know that, you know, they've been fast run races, but he's chilled out and he, he doesn't over-exert himself, doesn't spend any petrol. So, you know, there's no, no um, reason why he can't extend sort of beyond a mile and even out closer to 2,000.
0: Interesting comments. Thanks for your time this morning. Again, congratulations. A quick one, Splendiferous, just doesn't run two mile?
2: Yeah, that's right. In saying that, she's you know she was probably sort of towards the end of her preparation as well, so probably a bit of a combination of, you know, she's she's done a bit of racing and done a bit of the travelling and just maybe come to the end of it. But, um, yeah, the, you know, the end of the two miles probably saw her out as well.
0: Good work yesterday, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning. No worries. Thanks, guys. Tim Clark joining us. Real nice guy in racing, mm, Tim Clark, and a, 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 a quiet achiever, a very really modest achiever, and uh, he rode that horse perfectly.
1: Yeah, he did. You know, um, Basically, had just from that, that Gay just got to get them them travelling. I find that last question of yours really interesting. Remember, all our mob won a straight break for Brian Guy, and then Gay took over his training. She was able to win a new market with him, but then all of a sudden turned him into this outstanding 2,000-metre weight-for-age horse. So I, I suspect they'll have a crack
0: at that, won't they? It's, it's it's an interesting point you made. I, I had the chance to have a chat with Bruce McEvaney last night. He's got a huge <coughs> opinion of this horse, mm. and, and he said he, he's a, he, he thinks he can be a Cox plate horse. Mm. So mm. that 2,000-metre thing, he's he's right behind that. Uh, it's a fascinating story on a number of fronts, many fronts uh, mm. with this horse. So we've discussed the jockey's point of view. Look, the ownership point of view, um, there's been controversy there. We get that. And look, uh, Alan drives one of the partners, he 's not my cup of tea and and, and i 've expressed opinions in the past, however, however, uh what he 's going through at the moment with his wife joy and i I understand that I can talk personally about this i I know what he 's going through, and uh uh for her to hang on there and, yeah. and and uh you know watch that race on the little phone they said it was it was it was a great moment um, but this horse has had a major reset, hasn 't he like this was a horse we were talking about two years ago this was queensland's Biggest sensation. And to use your words, he he lost his way. He
1: certainly did, but it's credit to what the trainers have been able to do with him. I felt those trials earlier in the year, the the particular one that Tim Clark spoke about, you really stood up and took notice there and think, wow. Then, of course, he didn't race um, with what was going on um, uh, with the ownership. Um, But clearly a long-term goal to get to this race, and um, it's worked out well for them. And I think now that he's back that way, I suspect he'll win more good races.
0: Exactly right. And, and, you know, of course, losing the uh, the Magic Millions guineas, mm. uh, disqualified there, the, the, the training changes. It's been a very um, uh, interesting career so far, but it's, it's certainly far from over. But he was the best horse on the day. I would say that Private Eye mm. wouldn't have beaten him, but whereas Alligator Blood had that clear running, Private Eye did not Probably the crucial part of the straight. I think it was important for him yesterday He's he's put
1: himself in the race. Too often that he's just been out the back and left with too much to do. He showed yesterday he can be put in the race and can still finish off. Um, very good effort under 57 kilos.
0: Rob Heathcote would would uh, leave yesterday not winning the Stradbroke, but I'm sure really you know tickle that Rothfire was uh, brave, courageous. Like it's hard to lead all of the way in the Stradbroke when you're running the first you know half mile at forty six mm. one which he did mm. he was very good Rothfire. and the good thing about that is we now know that all right he, he's probably not going to be the horse he was. That's by Rob's own admission. But he's a horse who can be competitive at top level in the spring.
1: That's exactly right. And and I heard Rob say yesterday to the ownership group, he said, well, if you said to us this morning um, we'd run 30, he said we would have taken that. So they're, they're thrilled with the way he's gone. Um, like you say, he's not going to be the, the dynamic horse he was as a two and early three-year-old. But he's got this toughness about him that um, will make him competitive in a lot
0: of good races. And not forgetting Star Tonde's ran a very good fifth. She's a very, very good uh, filly. Isotope, good in fourth, every chance, but, but showed she's a, she's competitive at Group 1 level.
1: Yeah, and maybe showed that she's not a 1,400-metre horse as well, that she's an out-and-out sprinter.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point there. Uh, on the downside, uh, 11-11 vetted, but but no... Did uh, he run into trouble? I'm pretty sure he did, didn't he? Yeah, but he, he he finished virtually tailed off. He he was eased down over the last hundred meters, which goes to show that anything I call in a phantom call
4: <laughs> this this will
0: go in, into the into the, the data bank soon when you when you see a horse hasn't won the Morton Cup of the Stradbroke, it'll be no horse has ever completed the Stradbroke Phantom Call, Stradbroke yes. race double. 11-11, I called it, tailed <laughs> off. Poor Greg Hickman. Little did he know of the boomerang club no. on Friday what was to befall him but,
1: no, but the, it was the, a fascinating bidding race again like he, mm. he got into sort of five dollars um, after the barrier draw and as I keep saying there's always an overcorrection at that time but uh, the market was lukewarm is probably the wrong way to describe it but you know six dollars fifty the field is where you thought it would end up.
0: Apache Chase was never affected but and got a long lot, lot further back than I think everyone had well I think they
1: weren't With Isotope playing up in the stools, him being next to her, that sort of possibly put him off his game at the the, the start of the race. So um, when he was not in his usual spot, that spelt trouble.
0: I feel like a a teacher here with you as my student, but uh, it's it's all good (laughs) because you selected Alligator Blood. Tell me why you liked Alligator Blood.
1: I don't know whether people like to hear hindsight punting stories. There's nothing worse than a hindsight punter. Tell me why you liked it. I liked him because he he ran really well first up, suggesting you know, that he was back. And he was the one horse I thought in the race that had a set of ratings that could go to a higher level than what he showed first up. And as it turned out, then on this rare occasion, I got it right.
0: You finished first, and I finished last. <laughs> that says something. But it was a great stride break: one twenty one seventy three the gallop, thirty five sixty three the last six hundred meters. Let's go to the other group one of the day: the Treasury Brisbane. Uh, JJ Atkins, and uh, this was a terrific betting race as well. She's a belter and sharp and smart, had a great tussle for favouritism. Up to the bend to the Atkins. 4.50 left to run. Coco Brew Express leads into the straight. Basquiat trying to force a run. Twin Stars joining that pair. Ringmaster looming on the outside. She's a Belder starts to run into the race. Brereton just behind them. Political debate a fair way back. And Sharp and Smart is working to the clear. But She's a William Pike hit the go button. And a dash to the lead of the Atkins. Moving clear. Brosnan running on gamely. Then Ringmaster. Basquiat battling away. She's a Belder in front. Brosnan is trying hard. She's a Belder hanging on. And- and she's a belt one. She's a one. Beat home by the Brosnan Basquiat. Wider on the track was Political Debate. And not far away, Sharp and Smart. But she takes the size Atkins double. A brilliant effort. Then came Fearless Knight. Followed by Ringmaster, Tyresa, Coco Brew Express, Owen County, Lethal Thoughts, Twin Stars, Brereton. And then West of Africa, Heroic Sun and Mashani Spartan. Last, bar one. Failing to complete the track was Green Shadows. She's a belted guest, completes the, the size and Judge Atkins double, William Pike, the rider, and, of course, Peter and Paul Snowden, who have been the the trainers of the Cardinal, the trainers of Stradbroke season. They
1: certainly have. I think I counted seven stakes winners they've had um, across the, the carnival since we began back on Queensland Guineas Day.
0: Yeah, w- wonderful effort. And, you know, at the top of the tree, too, Marzu, Duman, 10,000, uh, Wet or Duman Cup. Mm. Yesterday, the, the Group 1 Atkins. Um Time one thirty six oh one home 36.66, which tells us that the the tempo was strong, the pace was good. I think she was all out at the end. I think yeah. her class carried her through at the mile?
1: Definitely. And there's only less than a length between the first five, so that casts a little bit of doubt. But I have faith in this race that it will again stack up next season. Um, you may not see her at a mile too often. I guess you'll run it against the fillies if they go to the 1,000 guineas but uh, Chris Waller running second in this race is a pretty good recipe for a horse going on. Zustar second, Brazen ran second. This guy's a different style of horse to those, but if he's not winning a Group 1 next year, you'd be surprised, wouldn't you?
0: Exactly. In running positions, I think most were surprised. He was so far back, he was near enough to last, but I think j makes said that he just wouldn't muster speed it. No, and clearly they had that issue on Friday, so... Um,
1: he was reasonably solid in the betting yesterday, it so suggests that it was OK again, but obviously not ideal having that that issue. And they've had to have a rush preparation after missing the run in the size and then backing up a week to week. He's done a terrific job, but all honours to the filly, I think, that um, being able to complete... They come from WA, where she's come from, and she was a late entry into both races, both the size and, and, and JJ.
0: Remember we spoke to Paul soden after the size, and uh, actually, I remember on the day, he said... That's, That's right. Pull up stumps and... Uh, you were leading him the next morning and, and you got the answer
1: that you, you wanted. Can I take some credit then for this victory? I think true? you can. I think you can, although I'm pretty it sure a, he's a he on. made that decision before he spoke to us. But, um, yeah, you know, it's,
0: it's a million-dollar race just sitting there. Um, why not have a crack? Exactly right. Uh, we, we discussed political debate. Brosnan was good, ran really well, sharp and smart was good, not as probably as sharp as, as uh, a week before in Basquiat in fifth position. We'll try and catch up with Paul and Surely, just can't get him at the moment. So let's push on. Let's go to the last race of the day, the, the Dane Ripper. This is the traditional dress rehearsal for the Tats Tiara in two weeks' time. And speaking of the Snowdens, they provided the favourite here and a short price favourite, Naj at $2.50. By the 400 metres, eloquently, moved to a clear lead. Try hard, Vangelic, then Vulpine, Palayapan. Let's be glad. is trying to bust into the clear. Momentarily got held up, now gets out. It's eloquently in front. Palayapan railing well. Wider was Najmadi, April Rain, Vulpine, Maria Mia, Salatine, Written Beauty. They're spread across the track, but Palayapan shot through on the inside. Shot to a clear lead and won. Palayapan first. Beat home Najmadi, Fado third. Maria Mia or Salatine. Not far away, April Rain. Ida, Ritten Beauty and Flanders Raid. Then bring the Ransom, Let's Be Glam, Volpine, Eloquently, Enchanted Heart, angelic, And out towards the tail Enterprise, Karen. Yes, player Peléopan winning the last race. Luke Tarrant riding for Chris Munns. Uh, a mare that I tipped as a good thing in the doom in midweek. <laughs> yes. I did have her in the top four there yesterday, so I'll, I'll take a teeny bit of credit. But but obviously that day, the, the mile too far, she loomed like she was going to win and just just peaked.
1: Second up at a mile, i have uh, caught her out that day, but credit to you for, for sticking solid. I, I looked at that and thought, well, she's just not going as well as what um, she can, but uh, she's made a lie of that.
0: Well, here's the man who trains Pelopan. I'm always delighted when he wins a big race and he's had a good carnival, Chris Munns. Chris, good morning. Oh, well, day, David. How are you, mate? I'm well, uh, and you're well as well because... You've taken out that group race with Palaya, Pan, And we were just saying before you came on air, I tipped her as a good thing at Dooman. Uh, not marking hard, but it just seemed like she didn't get the mile, mate.
3: Yeah, look at it, you could sort of look at it that way, but I do feel um, that she was probably... Uh, lacked a bit of fitness due to the wet weather and whatnot. And, and the fact that I think Nash, that particular day, he rode a very, very smart race, and that he um, made it a good testing mile. Mm. And... Um, there was, you know, he put a lot of pressure on from the get-go, which sort of brought her undoing that day but, you know, she bounced off that really well and, um, you know, I was so pleased that we drew a good gate with her there after yesterday.
1: You only had a reasonably light summer campaign. Chris has pulled up stumps after the the gateway where she ran so well for the second for Apache Chase. Was there an issue there or you just thought at that time she'd had enough and you'd turn your attention to the winter?
3: Yeah, I, I really wanted to focus on the winter more with her um, and we'd sort of been, with the rain and her really, I don't really believe she's had her best on the wet. Although she did run well on it first up there at Eagle Farm, I still don't think she's had her best on it. And we were really getting mucked around by wet tracks and, and the likes. And plus, her her rating was at a at a very sort of um, uh, I suppose a low, not a low level, but a level where she was 50-50 of getting runs in a few of these better races. So um, yeah, that was where we got sort of, brought, sort of a bit unstuck.
0: Chris, I must admit, I was only uh, had half an ear listening to your post-race interview, but for me and, and Nathan and our listeners this morning, tell us the background, how you came to get this horse.
3: Yeah, well, it's actually quite a good story. I mean, I was just on the lookout for, for a horse that was up and going sort of thing, and Guri were having a dispersal sale on down there at Magic Millions, and um, I looked at this filly, and Mark Newman, who's a good friend of mine, had, had sort of done a bit of pre-training there and, and a bit of early education with her, and so I rung him and asked him what he thought of her, and he, he quite liked her. He just said she's a you know easy Made to do it with and all the rest of it. And I said, well, I actually said to him, I said, well, do you want to buy it back? He said, oh, well, gee, i have got, you know, I only have 20. I said, well, I said, I don't want to be fighting against you. Anyway, long story short, I ended up getting her for 40. And, um, um, yeah, when I bought her home back to the stables, a few of the riders just put a line straight through her. They said she was no good. So I said, oh, geez, what have I done here? <laughs> anyway. It was just fortunate, but sort of with a bit of work and getting a bit fitter and that she come good and, and um, yeah, the rest is history. She won her first four starts and that uh, went from there.
1: She did do a great job in that first preparation. Chris, tell us about Luke Tarrant and his association with her.
3: Well, I mean, Luke's sort of come about the fact that he could ride light um, and he was hungry. Mm-hmm. And Luke's a sort of young bloke where horses... He's got it I think Luke's actually got an ability that he doesn't realize that he's got I mean, horses run for him mm-hmm. and um when he's when Luke sort of concentrates on his riding that he, he's quite a competitive rider, and I think the fact that he could ride light um he he gets along with most horses was the reason that he was able to get a go on it
0: he, uh, he, he i did hear him say after the race he said, i would have just been happy enough to be here on the day let alone riding, let alone winning a group race. So I don't think it had really sunk into that stage. So I think it was rather overwhelmed by the moment. But uh, but you're right, Chris, uh, when he's on song, he's on song.
3: He, he is, David, and, I mean, horses run for him. That's a, a talent and a gift that he's got. And um, he, he he rides smart as well in races. He just, doesn't, he just doesn't ride silly races. He rides quite smart, as he did yesterday. He was very patient on that mare and waited for the runs to come. And... Um, Fortunately, enough, she was she was able to go on with
1: it. Uh, no, you're one of the Magic Millions three old guineas in terms of richness of prize money. I mean, in terms of group status, this is right up there for your career. I thought fitting yesterday on a day winning the Dane Ripper, who you won the stride, broke on, but also a day that was so good to you uh, over the years as a rider.
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, then been, been big days. I mean, you always want to be competitive in and, and you know trying to win races when you're a trainer or a jockey, and I think it's uh, it's a great buzz. It's a great feel and. It's, there's no better feeling than training big winners and um, I'm sure she's only going to improve even more as, as time goes on.
0: She goes to the tiara?
3: I think so. I mean, I haven't had a, a real good look at her. I had a, had a brief look at her this morning, but I'll have a look at her again tomorrow and um, just see her over the next couple of days. But I would think, yes, she probably will go.
0: What about uh, her very, very classy stable Boom Nova, who's made a real impact this campaign, unbeaten, Loving that 1,000 metres at Eagle Farm. She won the lightning. Uh, have you pulled up stumps, or have you got another plan in mind with her?
3: No, i pulled up stumps with her. Um, she'll have a, a short break. She'll only have two or three weeks out, and I'll probably just line a couple of races up down in Sydney over the spring for her. I'll probably, I'll probably put a line through Magic Million's Day with her, although she's only before, i probably won't concentrate on that. I'll probably concentrate on next winter with her after, after the spring weather.
1: She excelled at the thousand metres this time. In will that end up being a best trip, or that's just where the race is feeling? You think she'll be equally as effective at twelve hundred?
3: I look, like, well, she's run second at thirteen hundred in that QDC race on um, Magic Millions Day, yep. the Iron Wisdom Awarder. So, and the two times that she's run at thirteen hundred, she's raced very, very well from from terrible barriers. So, I think she can run twelve to thirteen hundred. Past that, I would say she's probably a risk, but I think up to thirteen hundred, she's certainly going to be competitive and. Whatever
0: race I run her in, I saw one of your owners uh, when when she won that last race of that midweek, and I said, "There's one race just sitting out on like a neon light for her as the the lightning." My old schoolmate Jeff Sinclair, I couldn't believe on Lightning Day he wasn't there.
3: No, he was. He had a he had a prior commitment. His daughter was getting married at, at uh, Byron Bay, so. He uh, he was uh, had priorities down there with family and, and weddings, and that sort of thing. But he certainly was first on the phone when she took the line, and must be watching on TV. So he was pretty excited.
0: He's a very enthusiastic supporter of your stable, and uh, if everyone was like Jeff, you'd have a you have a great bunch of others. But I'm sure you do. it. a quick mention too to to Bill Andrews with Palaya Pan, a good supporter of yours.
3: Yeah, he is. no Bill's a terrific fellow. He's um, he's he's had a few horses with us now and. He's, um, it was very good the day I bought this mare, I rang him and I said, look, I said, I've said i got a mare here, so you think mare I've just bought you? I think you should take a share in her. And, and he said straight away, he said, put me in for half. So he, he took half of us straight away and um, he's been very lucky with her.
0: And races in her colours. Good on you, mate. Congratulations on yesterday.
3: Thanks, David. Thanks, mate.
0: There he is, Chris Bunce, the trainer of Palea Pan. And uh, I, I think... Alleys are important, and um, mm-hmm. you know I'm not saying she wouldn't have won without a barrier, but but she was able to get a great run and, and you know cover no ground up the inside as well,
1: which is something we wouldn't have seen twelve months ago. Your thoughts on the
0: favourite? Not as dynamic mm-hmm. at 1300 than 1200, and that was a considered point before the race. It was a point of discussion, and I, I think that you know she had a little bit little bit of difficulty getting into the clear, but once she got into the clear. She ground away rather than flashing, so whether they go to the the Tats Tiara or not remains to be seen. Salatine keeps running well. She does, she does. Um, your thoughts? So we had
1: Star Tontes and Brooklyn Hustle run pretty well in the Stradbroke, beaten mm. four lengths re- respectively. You think they'd go on to the Tiara? That was, would you have them ahead of the in the picking order of the ones that come
0: through the Dane Ripper yesterday? I think so. Mm. I think it's. I think it's a a stronger form race. Uh, should be. It's always a good race, to Tats Tiara, but it's shaping as a good one as Gim. Let's push on. We'll go back to the start of the day and we'll go to the Oxlade, the first of the day for the two-year-olds at listed level. And it was a surprise result, but maybe not a surprise to all. We'll find that out soon, but here's the replay. Johnny Rocker's in the lead of big odds from Sebring Girl being shaken up. Then, wow, it's Willy Wonka. Bankmore, Robusto getting about its work. Florida Oasis running on fairly well. Then Fellwell, but look at Johnny Rocker. Look at Johnny Rocker. 200 left to run. He's clear. Trying hard was Calgary Stampede. Then Robusto and Metallicity, but Johnny Rocker's in front. Coming hard, Calgary Stampede. Too late, brother. Johnny's all the way. Johnny Rocker beat Calgary Stampede and Fellwell. Not sure about fourth. Camitore prominent there with... Uh, Mentalicity and Robusto had its chance. Then came a lewd. Wow, it's Willy Wonka, followed by Mink Star, Bankmore, Four Mile Lane, Sebring Girl, Floral Oasis, Whistling Spirit, and Shaquilla. Yes, Johnny Rocker, all right. First out and first home. Uh, showed good speed off a, a fairly wide gate. Was able to lead all of the way. Sam Collett riding for trainer Barry Lockwood. Came into the race with a win on the board. Only one start, one win but it was a horse that I think most of us overlooked. Well,
1: just a 1,000 to 1,300 from the, the synthetic to the the grass that sort of profile you just put the pen through, isn't it, ordinarily?
0: A great start for Queensland because he is an adopted Queenslander now, Barry Lockwood, and he's our next guest here this morning. Barry, good morning.
4: Yes, good morning, Dave.
0: Were we all stupid for not liking Johnny Rocker? Tell us why we, we should have known better.
4: Oh, no, he's a horse that uh, we've shown... Good ability, but uh, just the way the the weather's panned out uh, this year, we've we got one little jump out on the grass with him, and he went very well at that. But he never got his uh, ticket to to uh, race in the metropolitan area, so I had to uh, take him and trial him on the velvet at the Gold Coast to get his ticket. And then, uh, as fate would have it, uh, the race washed out the sunny coast, so we went to Polytrack. We went up uh, there course the, the form can be a bit indifferent up there at the times, so yeah, nobody really um, sort of took any notice to him, and said, yeah, but he's always shown plenty to us uh, here, and I, I galloped him on the course proper Tuesday and sent a, a mate out with him, and he certainly demolished uh, demolished her in the last furlong, and it was very good work.
1: Given what you've just outlined, Barry, with the, the setbacks in, in terms of the tracks and stuff, he's done a pretty good job to get to be a listed winner at start number two, this preparation.
4: He's done a sensational job. He, uh, he had to, uh, to get, get, get up to the listed stage there yesterday, but the preparation he's had, he's done a marvellous job.
0: I see there's uh, a race for two-year-olds on Tattersall's day at a fortnight's time, 1,400 metres. So will you look at that race with him?
4: I oh, would we'll certainly look at it, but I, I'd be inclined to uh, put him away and get him ready for early three-year-old season. He, uh, you know, he's come come all the way through uh, this prep and um, it's easy to keep going, but then when you, you hit the wall, you know, you, you uh, make a fool of the horse and yourself uh, just trying to be a bit greedy.
1: 1,300 there yesterday. Would you press on further next preparation or do you think he'll prove himself to be just an out-out
4: sprinter? No, I think he could do a mile. I've always felt he um, could be 14 to 1600 metres. He's a he's a horse that um, we couldn't uh, relax on him yesterday because of the barrier. He had to come across and get into uh, you know a decent position. But uh, as it turned out, he led quite easily. But I think given a, a reasonable barrier, he would have been running nice fourth or fifth on the fence, and and uh, then you would have you know, seen him you know, let down well.
0: I think another point to, to make out of this win, Barry, and I'm a, a, a times nut, he ran 116.87 for the 1300. It's a distance we don't use that often at Eagle Farm, but 116.87, let's compare it to the end of the day. Paleopam. these these are, are top-class mares, older and, you know, with good records, around 116.81. I think when two-year-olds can run comparable or, or alongside, you know, older horses, it's a, it's a, it's a good yardstick.
4: Well, it certainly is related well, to the, the one I worked with on Tuesday was an older older mare and uh, you know, she's a winner and he put pay to her, you know, easily in the last uh, inside the furlong and that a really good guy with a the baby, they uh they normally, as an inexperienced as he is, it's uh, hard for him to, to dash away from an older horse.
1: Sounds like you were armed with a reasonable amount of confidence uh, there yesterday, Barry. Did that uh, correspond with uh, any investment on the horse on your own part?
4: Oh, no, we had a we had a, a small uh, bet on him, but uh, more of an interest. I, I was put off by the barrier. Uh, and had he had another run, I'd been very uh, confident, but I just worried about him. Um, lack of experience on the day, things can go wrong, but um, no, no, everyone was very, very happy with him anyway.
0: What about uh, do you still do you clock your horses yourself?
4: Yes, yeah. Well, I up in, it was in the ice tower the last week. I think <laughs> so. So, so I, I
0: love this. I love this story because I used to clock the horses myself many years ago. Was it a winning gallop by the time by the time he clocked?
4: Yeah, particularly the last furlong. It was very good. Yes, was, and I who was, was the horse? beat, it, Barry. <laughs> I, uh, it's his uh, half sister. He's race. She's racing today. A mare called Scissor Hand. She, uh, she's, uh, she won a race. She want a race. Legal Farm. She's not useless, and uh, and and always a good worker. But she, uh, I know, uh, Larry Casti rode her he as well. Oh, she went well. She we caught the other one went quick. You
0: know? Oh, Barry. I- I love these stories, but I hate them as well. I wish I'd run into you yeah. before. I... Well, if David went to track work, he might have found that out. I used to a long time ago, but not now. But hey, just befo- hey. just before you go, um, how's your health? You you going okay?
4: Yeah, well, I'm okay. I've just um, I'm trouble counting my toes at the moment. They we told my girl up there to want to take another one. Just, um, it's 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 upset my counting altogether. i can tell you. One final one, you had got a
1: good kick out of Luna Snit running a nice race in the Brisbane Cup yesterday. Oh, it was sensational. I mean,
4: uh, that mare, you know, she has limited ability as far as, um, you know, in that grade, but, oh, God, she tries her heart out. And, and come home and just lick the bin out last night like it didn't matter, you know. Uh, I'm very proud of her. She's been a great, great fun for us all the way through.
0: She certainly has. I said to someone yesterday, I can't remember who it was. I said I'd, I could talk to you all day. I said the stories you tell and the humour you've got's unbelievable. Great to see you in that first race yesterday, mate. Good work. Yeah, thanks very much. There is Barry Lockwood joining us this morning. Johnny Rocker winning the first race, and yeah, start off the day uh, uh, with most putters not being on the winner. Calgary Stampede good in second. Thelwell good in third. Robusto, I don't think Robusto is as good as some people think he is. Certainly not as I've thought. As good as I've thought.
1: Um, no, he, he hasn't gone to any, any higher level, this, this preparation. Calgary Stampede was okay, but for mine, it was just all honours with the winner. He led them a merry dance and, as you outlined, put the time on the board.
0: I think the, the, the time's an excellent uh, excellent reference. 116.87, play about 116.81. We'll come to the Q22 soon. I want to have a chat with Tommy Berry. just can't be with us till a little later. Let's go to race three on the card. You mentioned Luna said this was the Brisbane Cup at two miles. A good betting race. In the end, the favourite was Through Irish Eyes. 400 left to run, Splendiferous in full flight and a clear leader, a loose leader from Mara Coper, through Irish Eyes, knuckling down to the task, wider was Irish Sequel and Sweet Thomas coming right down the outside, Splendiferous just about all out, grab by through Irish Eyes, then Irish Sequel Sweet Thomas wider, through Irish Eyes, Irish Sequel, Sweet Thomas, three in line, Irish Sequel drives to the lead, from through Irish Eyes, who fights back on the inside off and finish Irish Sequel or through Irish Eyes, a Coming finish, Sweet Thomas in third, and fourth was Lunasnit. Then came Mara Copa. Papalino, Splendiferous, Traduce, The Fearless One, King of Grades, and Balmurris last over the line. Irish Sequel, Waller and McDonald um, teaming up again to take the uh, the group Two Brisbane Cup. Beating through Irish eyes. Irish Sequel had through Irish eyes, Cole, but th- through Irish eyes put a bobbin on the line, but the head went the way of Irish Sequel, and Sweet Thomas was honest and competitive in third. So it's
1: two years in a row now that race in Sydney the week before has provided the the winner of this. It was only a late entry um, on Monday, I believe, David. Uh, we saw him winning sort of benchmark, what, 78s and 80s here back in October last year. Wouldn't have thought of him as a Brisbane Cup horse at that time, but... He's obviously lifted his game and you know, the Brisbane Cup hasn't come up as strong as it might have in some other years. Well, exactly.
0: We're looking back at Tab Stradbroke Day at Eagle Farm yesterday. Still plenty to talk about and some replays to listen to. We'll take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level team informed at archer park as we said archerparkracing.com.au all of the yearlings and two-year-olds available for sale they're there take a percentage read about their background it's all on the website we thank them for their support and thank you for your company this morning we're continuing our look back at tab Stradbroke day yesterday let's go to the Gunsin classic for the three-year-olds and it was hard to separate the top four in the market they ran the top four and here's the order they ran in up to the turn, 500 left to Rana. Ashgrove is going to try and do it all of the way. Telephone Booth has been backed at odds just trying to get closer as they swing into the home straight. In third was Holstein. Then came Battle, about to be called upon. Kissum coming up outside of him by G. Lock Eagle and flying crazy a long way back. Ashgrove still the leader, but the margin diminishing. Battle of the first challenger. And all of a sudden, wham, bam, thank you, Kiss Kissum raced up on the outside. It's all over. Kissum roaring away. Battleton and Lock Eagle battled out second and third, but Kiss Someone well. beat home Battleton, Lock Eagle fourth. I'd say Flying Crazy, then Ashgrove, Telephone Booth, Holstein, Master Marco, and Kiss My Millow. Yes, Kiss Some the winner for Tracy Bartley and Jason Collett uh, ran the favourite. So Puner's got it right. Uh, all of them were backed at various stages. Battleton, Lock Eagle, and Flying Crazy, but Kiss Some ran the 3:30 favourite. I think this is a horse that we'll look at in hindsight, and and I think this horse has a really good future. Yeah, he's being set for the Golden Eagle uh, now, and they, I
1: know they were disappointed to miss out in the Fred Best because they wanted to get a run in the Stradbroke and give him his chance there. But uh, nice consolation prize for him yesterday. And we remember we were talking about this race. Oh, it looks tricky, looks tricky. And sometimes just be paralysis by analysis because those four they finished the exact same order as they did in the in the Fred Best.
0: What was that expression?
1: Paralysis by analysis?
0: Paralysis by analysis. Be a good name for a horse. You wouldn't be a great one for a race caller, though, would it? No. I heard one <laughs> yesterday in, in Perth. Phenomenal anomaly. <laughs> and Darren uh, McCauley handled it brilliantly. Phenomenal <laughs> anomaly raced in Perth yesterday. But paralysis by analysis. But, yeah, kiss some um, all honours there. Every horse had their chance. It was a, a genuinely run race. one 136.27, home in 35.26. Let's go to the fifth of the day, and uh, Rangers was the winner here for Peter and Paul Snowden. Him the straight, 400 left to run. Grey Worm giving a cheeky side of big odds. Southern Lad's coming after it gamely. Rangers pulled to the outside. Where's Ranchhead? He's not doing enough yet, Ranchhead. Simply Fly running on down the outside. They got the Grey Worm, and Rangers hit the lead. Mass Destruction charging strongly. Simply Fly still running on. Rangers in front from Mass Destruction, who is trying to bridge the gap. Rangers has got it narrowly. He kicks well, and he wins. Rangers, Mass Destruction, Simply Fly. Then came Ranch who ran his race in patches, Blondo passing a few, then Tycoonist, followed by Tumbler Ridge, Shaquero, Southernland and Grey Worm, the Speedsters, faded to the end. I had a very big win on Rangers,
3: mm-hmm. a
0: huge win, one of the biggest wins I had. And you know what? I didn't put a said on it. But you know why it was a big win? Why? Because I mixed up the caps with simply flyer mass oh. destruction <laughs> and... Only sent, only realised that when the numbers went up after the race, I said, they've got the numbers wrong. Mm. I got it wrong. But I've got to say, the best result yes. was of running second and third. If one of them had won, yes, it would have yes. been a calamity. And if one of them missed the place, it would have been a calamity as well. So I've got to put my hand up there. There was an unforced error. But... Uh, uh, that aside, um, Rangers, a horse that was, you know, in the market at $9 and, and obviously came here with a, with a good record.
1: Well, this week last year is uh, winning a race at... Winning an open handicap at Musselbrook, so he's uh, had a good... Uh, come a good way in 12 months.
0: Ranch Hand ran his race in patches. He wasn't doing anything in the early part of the straight, yet his work was OK. late. I, I see he was sold during the week.
1: Yeah, I think about 600000 was the figure that uh, he went for in one of those online auctions, yeah, just kicking myself there. The, back to twelve hundred was was too too big a hurdle to overcome.
0: Let's go to uh, a race special to this station, the Radio Tab, the Wayne Wilson uh, at Wait For Age, and a good betting race. In the end, the favourite was Big Boy Roy, who was the leader. Speed will go on shortly. They've left the 600 behind them and they travel up to the turn of the way, Wilson. 500 left to run. And Big Boy Roy, he's had a butte run in front. He's going to try and sprint them up the straight. Scallopini getting about his work on the outside. Charming Baby in third. The others are making little impression for the moment as they're flying high in the lead. It's Big Boy Roy in front. Scallopini hasn't got him as yet. Charming Baby needs room to move and has something to offer. Gets out now, shoots the gap. Big Boy Roy in front. Charming Baby coming at Gamely. Kubrick is home, Charm Me Baby reached the lead. Here's the post. Got it. Charm Me Baby beat home Kubrick, Kerwin's Lane. Big boy Roy hit a big brick wall of the straight. Gallipini didn't run the mile. Then Bullfinch, and out of the tail was Adelaide's. Laurie Mayfield-Smith has had a, a great association with his horse. It's almost like she um, she's on <laughs> loan. She, yes. she's, she's a shuttle racehorse. She goes from the Milligan Stable in New South Wales to, to Laurie here in Queensland. He had her in the summer. Did he, was it the Berber? He won, he, he won a good race with her during the summer. It was and one a, of those races that
1: was put back. Um, mm. I'll get it for you. She, she won that off a Tari race. It was the Brisbane Quality listed yeah, race. Yeah,
0: and yesterday winning the uh, the list of the Wayne
1: Wilson. Um, and she was reasonably well found in the market too, wasn't she? It was a wait for age race but not a weight-for-age field. So, um, again, a horse that was able to travel closer than what
0: we've sort of used to with her and um, it's 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 on that matter it speaks volumes to craig williams right he had a good barrier and he used it because he probably sensed it. i'm sure his four men or himself would have realized the pace wasn't going to be strong mm. uh, so he made sure he was up posied nice and handy had the right run he's out at the right time and got the money so congratulations to the connections of Charmy baby she's some some one of those horses that seems to always fly under the radar she's never short in the market she's always at reasonable odds and They've had some good wins on it. Kubrick was good in second. Kerwin's laying on us in third. Big Boy Roy, you'd have to say, disappointing. And Scalapini probably doesn't run a strong no, mile. No, he
1: proved that, that he didn't run the mile out. And Big Boy Roy, he finds his sweet spot at 1,800 metres, doesn't he? The, the temper of that race, those races must suit better than the mile.
0: Let's go to the Sky Racing Q22. And uh, this was the second running of the race. And Hueto, who'd won the Doombin Cup, was set out the favourite at $3.60. In the home straight, though, the leader was Numerian, and there was a bit of a kick there. Hopeful is under pressure. Battling on well was Colding. Estefini driving between the pair. Where's Weddle with a lot of work to do? It's still the leader, Numerian. Estefini dives to the rail. Colding is still putting in. Numerian is still the leader. Colding is trying hard. Then Yonkers and New Numerian all away. Beat home, Colding. Photo third, Estefini or Yonkers. Maximal, best work late. Followed then by Cucaracha... Then came at the head of the others was London Banker, when or never really in it. Then came hopeful Ladon V, Great House, Coventina Bay, Ballistic Boy, the Chosen One, and Cryoneris is last over the line. Bit to talk about with our next guest, but first and foremost, he rode the winner, Numerian, Tommy Berrien. He's on the line now. Tommy, good morning. Hey guys, how are you? Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, $21 chance. Did you give yourself a chance going into the
5: race? Yeah, look, I. Didn't think he could go and win um, just off his, his recent form, uh, but thought he'd be very competitive and was definitely a top top three chance. But um, obviously there were horses there with better credentials than him um, on the day. But he's a horse who's improved with every start here in Australia and and obviously getting you know up to his right sort of distance as well. So you know he might be that sort of horse that, he, that can get 2400. And you know he's, yeah, like I said, if he keeps going the way he's going and improving the way he is, you know. He could be a nice Caulfield Cup over the spring. I'm not sure.
1: There were some reservations, I think, from the stable about how he might handle that, that firmer eagle farm surface, but he obviously had no issues with it.
5: Yeah, that was a concern for us as well. Obviously, when the Europeans get on tracks out of that firm, um, a lot of them don't like it because they're not used to it. But, yeah, he, um, he seemed to handle it quite well. And um, I think a lot of horses did um, yesterday and even even the week before it has been a firm surface, but I think because they've been on wet ground for so long, they're probably enjoying just getting on a, a bit of dry ground where they're not losing their footing and they've been able to keep their confidence.
0: Well, you got the job done there, and, of course, Rangers as well. Uh, An above-average horse did the job in good
5: style. Yeah, no, look, he's um, he's another one who's just you know kept improving. He's a five-year-old now. I know, you know, almost a w- week ago last year... Um, yeah, he was winning at Musclebrook, so he's come a long way in a short time and I said to Peter Snowden on Tuesday when I galloped him that if I didn't didn't know what his form was like I'd I'd say he'd be winning on Saturday. He, he worked out well. But you know, he, he put in a really good run first up. Um I think it was your tenth here at Sco, and that beat eleven eleven. 11 and obviously that form was really good and um, you know, he he bought that again yesterday and um and showed everyone that he's you know, he's, he's not just a benchmark horse.
1: Couple of near misses for you yesterday. They, they were all around the mark, weren't they? In the, the feature races, uh, Rothfire. Your your, thom, your thoughts on having ridden him for the first time in a race?
5: Yeah, I look, very proud of him. He, he's very tough, very honest. Um, he had to do a fair bit of work from the outside, but uh, we got a cosy enough time once we hit the fr- once we got to the front. And he gave a really nice kick. But um, look, the winner was very good, uh, even if I'd drawn well. at... Not sure I would have beat the winner anyway he um he' sprinted really well and and then private I looked unlucky, so you know even though we had to do a lot of work to, to run third, he, he was probably the best he was going to finish on the day anyway but he's um, he 's come back well and uh yeah look forward to to him over the spring as well
0: and just one thing before we let you go uh the favorite of the last Naj Madi uh, she was dynamic two weeks ago at twelve hundred um yesterday she ran well. At 1300, uh, your thoughts? Do, does she get a strong 1300? How would she cope with 1400?
5: Yeah, definitely a big query. I thought um, it was always going to be a question mark at 1300, and she's she's had a chance over 14 before and and has failed. So um, look, I think it's a big question mark for her. But you know, if she does line up in two weeks' time in the tats Tiara, then you know she's going to need a really cosy run and a and an economical run to, to get a job done.
0: Thanks for making time for us this morning, mate. Good work yesterday.
5: My pleasure. Cheers, guys.
0: Tommy Berry joining us this morning, our last guest here on past the Post. We couldn't get hold of Paul Stone. He's probably still celebrating. <laughs> well, he's been very
1: good to us. He, he has didn't... been very good. He had a, uh, a big week in Brisbane too. He was there at the Barrier Draw Tuesday night, the Calcutta Thursday night. And was it the Burnborough on Friday as well? Uh, he was,
0: yes. So, he was. Uh,
1: he's certainly fulfilled his uh, promotional engagements uh, in Brisbane this week.
0: And just on the, the Calcutta Thursday night, the first running of the Calcutta, how did it go?
1: Oh, I, over the moon with... Um how it went. We had 320 people in the room. It was chock-a-block. Um, the, the, the pool got up to almost 120,000, which was beyond the expectations of the first one. But moreover, I thought it was just a really good night with a, a great sprinkling of uh, industry representatives there and people having a good time. So hopefully it's something we'll build on uh, into the future and become an annual event.
0: You can't remember who bought alligator blood?
1: I can tell you who bought Alligator Blood. I got a very uh, appreciative text message from Chris Anderson late yesterday saying that you can book me into the Calcutta for the next 25 years. He purchased Anderson it. Racing Table bought Alligator Blood, so they're more than happy with the result. I think it was a $70,000 first prize.
0: Ooh, good work. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks for this morning, and great work. Uh, Stradbroke season is over. That doesn't mean the carnival's over. We now... We go to Ipswich next Saturday. We're back to Eagle Farm. Then we go to the, the uh, outskirts again, the Sunshine Coast. So three big days ahead of us. But it's been a lot of work f- for yourself and the team at the BRC. And as you said, a, a shaky start weather-wise, but we've, we've come home guns a blazing. Yeah, I felt like it was a really
1: good vibe there at the races yesterday. And- Wish the team out at Ipswich the best of good fortune for their big meeting. Obviously, missed out in 2020. And um, with the with the track completed, then with all their facilities, um, I'm sure they'll put on a terrific day on Saturday.
0: We'll talk more about that tomorrow on Press Room. Thanks, Nathan. Nathan X will be with us, and uh, he will be with us next Sunday when we look back at the Ipswich meeting. But thanks for your company this morning and look forward to your company tomorrow morning with Press Room. Until then, have a good day. Bye-bye.